Hello, fellow do-gooders and friends. I'm your host, Karina Blizzy, an activist and cause marketer who's passionate about social impact and sustainability. A few weeks back, I had the pleasure of connecting with another podcaster, Girish Bully. He has a show that isn't too different from my own. It's called Back to Basics. And in the show, he invites people from all walks of life to share what Back to Basics means to them. It's an informative, hopeful, and inspirational podcast that I hope you'll take the time to check out. In the interview, which I'm sharing with you now, Girish and I talk about doing good, paying forward kindness, and what activism means. I even provide a confession that I wasn't sure I was going to offer until the words were just flowing out of my mouth. Without further delay, here's Girish Bali of Back to Basics Podcast. Valley, your host for today. Today we have a, a guest who's kind of the same wavelength as me. We're talking about caring people, we're talking about kindness, we're talking about paying forward, we're talking activist, and we'll talk about that in details also. And she has her own podcast, and we're going to talk about that too. Uh, so her name is Karina Belzani. I think I butchered the name right uh, wrong, but when we'll correct that and where that name came from. Uh, so we'll talk to her right now. So Karina, how are you doing today? And thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yes. So first thing is first, let's pronounce your name. Corina Belizzi. That would Belizzi. be in Italy. Okay. Um, here in the States, we butcher it a bit. It's Corina Bell, like to ring a bell. Izzy? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Belizzi. Oh well, see, if I knew that, I would have uh, said that properly. So I, I hope you uh, don't think that I butchered your name incorrectly there. Uh, but Karina, thank you for so uh, coming on the show. The first thing is, before I, we get into all the basics, what does back to basics means to you? Well, I, you know, I would describe getting back to basics as getting back to the root of what makes you satisfied as a being. And so whatever that is for you, if you're trying to get back to basics, you're getting back to the fundamentals of what matters. And is that how your podcast also kind of started? And uh, let's talk about that, of how yeah. it is. You know, that's a really interesting question. Um, I put a lot of thought into it, of course, you know, and the whole pathway of just kind of discovering what you want to talk about, what is so important to you that you decide you want to launch a, a podcast, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I look at my podcast as an invitation. I'm inviting people to care more about a particular issue or a social problem or the environment so we can all be a little better. My focus is in helping people to see that they can really be part of the change that they want to see. Mm -hmm. So take the kind of Gandhi perspective of be the change that you want to see in the world. But at the same time, break it down so that they understand it's not like looking up Mount Everest. You can do small things and make big changes. And if you do enough of them, it can become really big, right? So I feature all sorts of stories of individuals from all walks of life that have worked to be a part of that change. And in some cases, they're entrepreneurs and others, they are on the uh, not-for-profit side. So I just look at it as my way of helping to improve their impact. Mm -hmm. So in so doing, I help them to have a greater impact. And that means that I'm having an impact. I'm helping them sure. to, to actually see 
things become more successful, reach more people, get more people involved, get more people inspired. So uh, guys, let me explain something to you here and, and, and think about this for a while. Big names and complicated names make it too complicated. It could be the simplest thing. So if you really look at it, the name of my podcast is Back to Basics. We go to the basics of the root of how you care about the world and yourself. And this is how she created her world also, very with simple words, care more, be better. How simple is that? So if you make it simple uh, as, a, as a business or as a podcast or even your life, your life will go smooth. So uh, I read on one of your uh, website uh, paragraphs and it said, respond to people's kindness to oneself by being kind to someone else. Mm-hmm. Explain how did that sentence come in? Because I like that sentence uh, on the website there. Yeah, so really, you know, I think that we all have to come from a kinder place. And one of the things I think that was coming out of that particular podcast, when I interviewed Genevieve Smith and Genevieve, um, she is a social change expert. And so she helps companies to align their purpose with what they actually do. Like saying, okay, they say, oh, well, um, let's see what matters to us most? Well, one of our core tenants is that we have a commitment to the individual within our company. Mm-hmm. And we've decided that we want to have um, <clears throat> diversity, therefore, as a core tenant. And so if we're going to approach that, how do we do so in a way that helps everyone to feel like they can be included? And one of the ways that that can be done is through kindness, like through simply offering an extension and asking someone for their opinion about where you're headed in your business, polling the lower ranks within an organization to, to allow them to be part of the process. In doing that, you're being kind to them because you're listening to them. And then you can take a simple act of kindness. Like I I look at the pay it forward style campaigns that I think we've seen in many cases, like uh, Tom's shoes who came out of left field and said, for every pair of shoes that we sell, we're going to give a pair to somebody who can't afford them Mm -hmm. or Bamba's socks more recently doing the same. They're paying forward kindness. And as they do so, the people that they connect with, you know, they feel good about what they've done. And they perhaps even talk about it to someone else and say, did you know that, you know, this is an issue, homeless people, they don't get socks because socks are never handed down. They have to get them new and they don't have the money to buy them. So a company like Bomba's Socks came out to help bring awareness to the fact that people are living in such dire straits that they don't have socks to wear. That's an issue, right? And then you're, you're essentially spiraling that kindness outwards so that the individual who says, okay, well, I was mindful with my dollars and how I spent them and I did this good thing. And now I'm also aware of this issue that I wasn't aware of before. And so how am I now going to approach my daily life a little differently? Or am I going to sit in the Starbucks line and get a coffee and just decide out of the blue, out of the blue to just buy the person behind me a cup of coffee just because. And then what will the spiraling positive effect be from that? How much more kindness will be spread? And I just think that concept is beautiful. And when you do good for someone else, you feel good. The, the, way, the way the world is, and, and, and I'm pretty sure you'll agree with this, is 
when I say to people, uh, let's pay forward, just like mm -hmm. your example, you're in uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks and you're paying someone behind you, right? Mm -hmm. People will say, well, they're not going to do anything back to you. But then you know what? That's, that's more of self-centered person. Mm -hmm. We don't think about what you are going to get. It's it, what will come to you later on. That's what you think. Yeah, well, I just think it's, it's all about outlook and remaining positive, right? Yes. Because yes. if you're spending time worrying more about what you're going to give, get back from someone mm -hmm. having given them something, then you're not coming from a positive mindset to begin with. Um, I think it was one of, I'm remembering a lecture from high school now. <laughs> I had this English professor that I absolutely adored, mm -hmm. but she gave this really controversial lecture where she talked about no selfish act or no selfless act. She said, everything we do on some level is inherently selfish. And I sat with that idea for a while. I listened and I just got more and more angry at the idea that there could be no act that would be selfless. Um, I still struggle with that, but I do realize too, that there's something to it, right? Like you you do good because it makes you feel good in some way. You help a child, you know, climb the steps because you don't want to see them fall. And that also makes you feel good that you help them. You um, hold the hand of an old lady crossing the street who might have trouble getting across by the time that that placard stops flashing the walking sign. Mm -hmm. You know, these are all small acts that you might do in your day to day just to offer a little bit of help, but you also do them because they do make you feel good. And at the end of the day, even if that is true, even if there is no such thing as a selfless act, if you feel good by helping someone else, don't you want that? I mean, don't yeah. you want to feel good? Wouldn't you rather totally. have that than this sense of negativity of, oh, well, if I bought somebody a cup of coffee behind me, I'm not ever going to get that back. Well, I mean, if you remember back in the days, uh, uh, there was a movie called uh, Paying Forward. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, it, maybe a little Kevin... less popular today. <laughs> yes, I know. But, the, but, but that movie was quite moving, if you really think about it. Uh, teaching a little kid and the kid says, who cares? Now, right. how do you change that? Who cares to, yes, I will do it to make change, not around the world, because that will come in, in ripple effects. We're just talking two, three people ahead of you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's through story. I mean, that's part of the reason I think I started the part podcast in the beginning too. It's like, how do you reach people? How do you get them to understand issues that may seem too big to even tackle? Um, how do you help them understand the impact they can have. Well, yes. if you share, you know, beautiful stories of individuals who have made a big difference in other people's lives, mm. it can help. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I think about a lot of moments in my life over the last I'm 44 now. So, you know, almost half a century in a way, right. Closer to yes. that than to, yes. <laughs> than to 25. Yes. yes. Um, and there are a few individuals who really stand out, who helped me out when I needed it. Mm -hmm. And one of them was my fifth grade um, teacher. His name was Mr. Roberts. I don't remember what his first name was. Um, he probably has passed on by now, right? Mm -hmm. But I was rather poor. I didn't have a lot of resources and I was super interested in sciences. Um, and he made the choice to pay for me to be in summer science camp himself so that I could, you know, 
engage with other students who had more resources and learn about wildlife and look at pond water under a microscope and do all of those things that over the course of six weeks helped to open my mind into the role of nature in life. And, you know, I think about the impact that that had on my scholastics, Mm -hmm. the impact that had on my engagement with school, Mm -hmm. the impact that had then on me choosing to pay it forward later to other other kids in similar situations that might not have afforded it. I've funded a couple of $500 scholarships for children that are in similar situations. Mm-hmm. Um, just because when the opportunity came up, I'm like, absolutely. I need to do that. I need to help another kid like me get the resources they need to, to open their minds and to get more engaged with their education. So was there, um, oh, thank you for that, by the way. So Was there another reason why you started this podcast? And I think when we talked about this, there was a reason that you wanted to start this podcast. Yeah. You know, and some of this I share offline more than on the air, Okay, (laughs) but, um, but I'll go ahead and break it down. I mean, for me, you know, I've spent the last 20 years working in the field of supplements. Um, I love what I do. I get the chance to build some amazing brands from, the omega-3 brand Nordic Naturals that I worked to pioneer and develop into a juggernaut in the natural products industry to some other smaller brands that may be less well-known, but have really some great impact. Um, And I I get the opportunity now to choose the types of projects I want to work on, which is really great. Um, But at the same time, I have always been so inspired by the not-for-profit sector, by pay-it-forward style marketing, by cause marketing. I've always had some level of commitment to one or more campaigns like that through my professional career at the same time. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really interested in just digging in and helping other companies learn how to do that sort of thing so that they're more focused on impact. And ultimately, I feel like in doing this, I'm drawing a line in the sand and saying, these are the kinds of companies I want to work with. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you don't commit to wanting to build a better world or have sustainable, um, have some corporate social responsibility programs that relate to the sustainability measures that you're putting out there, then maybe I don't want to work for you. And maybe I don't just want to work in supplements forever. Perhaps I would consider transitioning to working in the not-for-profit sector. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm really just looking at it as an opportunity to, to open my mind, connect with people, um, build great content, have great conversations, and inspire others to get involved in whatever thing that they're really passionate about and do something to make their life more meaningful. This is why that I have started this podcast to bring your story and your type of story into this podcast. There are a lot of people who are passionate about whatever they're doing in their lives. You know, in in the previous episodes that I've had, I had a singer and he's a a full-time marketing uh, guy and he's a musician. You know, uh, where does that passion come in? Where does that basics come in for him? You know, uh, there is a person who uh, that I did. Um, she worked full time as a humanity uh, humanitarian and she's a blogger 
and she's a movie mm-hmm. blogger, you know, like those type of passions comes out and your passion shows that's why you started the whole thing. And that's why you're here. You, uh, you know, care more, be better for <laughs> the basics, you know, yeah. and that's how I, that's how I look at it. But thank you yeah. for that. Um, so what is activism for you? Activism is not accepting the status quo. No. I mean, I, I think that's it. It's like, okay, well, here we are, we can do better. Um, you know, it's, it's looking at those that are less fortunate and saying, what can I do to help them out? It is opening your mind and opening your eyes to the good fortune that you have and really understanding and accepting that other people don't have those same opportunities and then seeing how you might fix it. It's noticing that, you know, the waterways are polluted and doing something to change it, or, you know, going to a beach and seeing litter and choosing to organize a cleanup or, you know, really could be just about anything. You know, sometimes it's as simple as picking up the phone and calling someone you care about to remind them that you do, you know, but, Um, but, but we tend to, let's say walk on the beach and we see a lot of people, I don't know, litter and, and spit. How do we, how do we, tell them not to do that and, and be clean. I mean, that's an ongoing process if we really think about it. I mean, um, you know, you can tell one person, you can tell two people, but then how do you tell the whole world as a ripple effect? You know, uh, how do we do that from your point of view? Yeah. I mean, that's the forever problem, isn't it? How yes. do we get people to care? How do we yes. get them to notice? Well, um, I'm going to, I'm going to share for example, because I mean, I know people sitting in my seat, it's easy to, once you have resources to pay for your rent and you're not worried about where your next meal is coming from and, and things like that, it's easy to become a little complacent. Mm -hmm. It's also easy to forget what it was like to be in the shoes of somebody who was less fortunate, Mm -hmm. who didn't necessarily have the resources to pay bills or whatnot. Right. Um, I smoked for 16 years Mm. and for 16 years, I mostly chucked cigarette butts out the window Mm -hmm. and let's be clear on that. You know, that's littering. I littered for a very long time while driving around from the age of about 16 to 29. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't use the ashtray in the car because I didn't like the way it made the car smell. And did I create wildfires by doing that? Possibly. Um, mm-hmm. did sea turtles, you know, eat my cigarette butts possibly did the litter exist and introduce pollutants to the environment? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I did that. I did that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was it that I didn't care about the environment? No, it was that I was a little complacent about the issue. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you can help people come away and, and start to care about something by telling them stories, by helping them understand the impact, by listening to them, by inviting them to be a part of the conversation and by giving them resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like most of the people that I personally see littering on the beaches. I, I mean, I do see a fair amount of that. I live in Santa Cruz, California, and you know, we're beach town, USA people come from outside that don't necessarily live here. And more often they're the people that are littering. Mm. Um, you know, you can almost tell it's like, okay, you know, people just drove in from somewhere else 
yeah. um, by the droves and they're not thinking about the fact that there's no one here that's paid to come clean up after them. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think, you know, rather than be holier than thou and say, don't litter and, you know, step over someone's shoulder and berate them, um, perhaps come from a different perspective and say, can I take that for you? Like yeah. I'm headed to the trash. Can I take that? Yeah. Just so they're invited to be aware and you're not being accusational, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Now, the guys, you have to uh, understand this is my thought process. Maybe everyone's thought process is different. Before you tell someone else to do the kindness and the paying forward and all that, try to do that inside your home. Try because that's your immediate family. That's your, you know, your, you know, close friends. If you start from inside your bubble, I'm, I'm sure the bubble will start expanding. Teach people in your home that will start and then, and then you spread out and then the whole world will understand where this whole ripple effect started. My ripple effect, obviously it will be starting from home, but starting your home and see what happens you will see that paying forward will work. It does work. Believe me, it does work. Uh, my dad has, uh, you know, rest his soul, but every month he used to pay forward uh, a person behind him whenever he used to buy something. Once a month. He didn't really care about the, the charities and all that because he doesn't know where the money's going. At mm. least you know where this money is going and it, you're caring for somebody, even if it's a $2 coffee. Think about that, you know, like uh, as she's mentioned, she used to smoke before. Smoking is uh, how much? What is it? Seven, eight dollars, maybe twelve dollars. Mm -hmm. Take that twelve dollars and spend it on someone else and see how how that paying forward will happen back to you later in time. So, yeah. Believe me, it's a, it's a small thought, but it's, it's actually a huge thought if you really think about it. Yeah. So like something that I've also heard people do is um, let, let's say you're coming up to the parking booth at a um, park or something like that. And there's a $5 fee to go in and enjoy the park. You know, I've actually seen it happen where somebody paid forward for the car behind them and just the joy and surprise that they had when the ranger said, oh no, you don't have to pay today. Right. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, it's like yeah. a whole car full of people that go, wow, that was so nice. You know, it yeah. just uplifts their mood, even if it is only a few dollars. You know, there was a, a, a during the Christmas time, we went to uh, Target and we were buying something, whatever we were buying. But the person in front, uh, he bought a whole bunch of stuff, but then he was short $12 and he didn't have $12 mm. on him. So then I said to him, and then what he was doing is he was putting it away because that was his, uh, he was buying this for his kid. No, he put that on the side and told the lady, put that away from the bill so he doesn't mm. get charged extra. So then I told him that I will pay for it. Can you just wait five minutes? Because when mm. he's done with his bill, I paid it onto my bill and I said, you know what? Take it. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's, it's not that I'm waiting for him to say anything. It's, it's more of, you know, it's a Christmas season mm -hmm. and you don't want to discourage the little kid that your dad or uncle or whoever he was, you know, that he didn't have it. So yeah. it's, it's good to pay for it. It's good. Well, to pay and for you it. know, I think when, when you notice that it's needed, 
That's like even more, right? So what you did was you took action when you noticed it was needed. I have seen people in a grocery store, um, you know, having to sort their purchase by category to pay for part of it with the card that they get from the government to support them, like food stamps used to, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, The government assistance. And then the other that they know isn't covered by that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I went through a period when I was growing up where my mom had to declare bankruptcy and we were on assistance. So I know that what that was like. And, you know, people's judgment comes through a lot. And so for every time that they might encounter a stranger like you, who chose to help them out for every time that happens, they're going to encounter six or seven negative experiences and maybe even more. Mm. So the impact of that helping hand when it's needed Mm. is so big. Mm. And, and it really, if there's anything I could do to encourage it for people to just be a little kinder in that moment, um, that would be incredible. That is Mm. one way to pay it forward, even just through kindness, even just through giving a smile as opposed to a look of judgment. So, so lately we have been uh, binge watching uh, Criminal Minds on, on Netflix. And, and one of the episode, uh, obviously it's all, you know, you know, it's all about FBI's and murders and how to solve crime, but that's not the point here. Uh, there was one episode, I don't remember what it was, but the guy was a, a homeless person. And that homeless person we found out his story was that he was a military guy for, for the U S Marines. Okay. And obviously he doesn't have any job or, or anything. So it made me think that even, you know, a person who's a homeless, we're not doing anything for the guy who has actually fought for, for the country. So it makes you think a little that, we have a whole bunch of homeless people out there with that similar, you know, a background. And it's really a shame how, um, yeah. I'm not going to blame the government. I'm just going to go no, and say, I mean, you know, it's not the government. It's, it, it could be anything, right? The but, shame is how but, we see it. I think the shame is, um, the fact that so many people look at it as if they must've done something to deserve to be on the street or yeah. like they're somehow lesser when, everybody has a story and often stories that end somebody on the street are stories of trauma and it could be war. It could be a really terrible home life. It could be a drug addiction. It could be abuse. And there's so many things it could be. And we shouldn't, we should not assume in my opinion that we know. And um, really just, if we're going to see things change, we need to, think about ourselves from more of a humanitarian perspective. Like this is another person, you know, this is another person and these are the struggles they're facing. I I don't know how many people are homeless in America. I don't think that statistic is easy to grab hold of. No, but I think we're all seeing that it has gotten worse. Um, It got worse before the pandemic arrived Mm -hmm. and it's not getting any better right now. No, Um, no. So, you know, how can we collectively help to change our perspectives so we can create a more possible, more open future for those people who've been through what they've been through? Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I saw that episode. It's a separate uh, 
you know episode but uh but his journey when they explained it it was quite touching on that part and it didn't i don't know maybe i can digest it because mm-hmm. it's a it's a awful story if we really think about it but uh it's sad how how uh we treat homeless people like that um you know if you really think about it when we're walking down the street in new york city obviously you're in california but in new york city <laughs> when we're walking um uh we see all these guys and and do i want to pay them because if i pay them they're going to use that money for something else right so it's tough to make that judgment call you know um are they going to buy drugs or are they going to buy food or are they going to go and buy a clothing we don't know yeah i mean that's what and so many people will will make that and i'm not saying this is an excuse for you but yeah. in my mind it almost doesn't matter right, right. like it, the reality is what there um there there's different countries around the world that are trying certain projects like giving uh basic resources to people who have um ended up on the street and one of the things that they're finding um is that instead of trickling out resources and i don't have the research study in front of me but i can work to find it so you can include it in show notes or whatever sure but if they um if they trickle out resources to an individual to just cover the bare minimum um, their likelihood of being able to re-enter society doesn't really improve. It's mm-hmm. just like you don't actually have enough to get you through from one week to the next. So it's just like you're just getting barely, barely, barely. But when they paid out one lump sum that was much larger, and I want to say it was a few thousand dollars, which sounds like, oh, well, what are they going to do with that? We give them $5,000. Are they just going to go blow it all on drugs? And what they're finding is that that's not the case. And in fact, when we give resources and support to people that is enough, for instance, to get an apartment, buy some clothes, um, you know, have some basic foods that you can cook in your own kitchen, that people are able to actually reenter society successfully. Because right now we have a system where that's not happening, where we're eking out resources bit by bit with the hope that somehow this is going to change when the big thing that doesn't change is that person's mental state because they're constantly having to basically suck at the teat of the American government as opposed to getting the perception that, you know what, we have faith that you can succeed. So we're giving you the resources you need to cover two, three months of expenses. Mm -hmm. So you can go out there, have a shower every day, get your meals, have a roof over your head and go get a job. Mm. Right. I think that's the major shift in our thinking that has to occur. And we're not even anywhere close to it, in my opinion, not here in the States anyway. So there is this one uh, video that I saw on uh, LinkedIn uh, a few days ago. Okay. Um, I don't know the name, so don't quote me on the name, but uh, I can find out and put that on the show notes if you like. Um, there is a lady who has been working in this uh, New York City building as a cleaner for the last 40 years. And these guys have decided to let her go due to COVID. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? That means that she has no job, she has no money, she can't rent, she can't pay food and all that all that fun stuff that we can think of, okay? What these guys did, okay, the employer, he talked to the realtor guy of the building saying that there is a penthouse in that building 
they made and signed a lease for two years and gave her a surprise as a gift. That's amazing. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? I mean, that's just amazing. And, and, and then I found out that the price of that penthouse is roughly uh, what was it, thirty-two hundred per month. Mm-hmm. So if you take thirty-two times by twelve, actually times by twenty-four, because that's mm-hmm. two years, that's a lot of money mm-hmm. as, as a as a paying forward. And mm-hmm. then what she does is just gonna live in that house for two years while she finds a job. Mm-hmm. I, that's just amazing. I, right. I mean, well, and, you know, likelihood of this woman after working all those years is that she's not going to be very good at standing still. She's yeah. likely to go out and get a job and be thinking about what happens after this two years is done anyway. And yes. so she's going to be able to build a savings because she won't yeah. have that rent over her head every month totally, that she totally. can then use to, you know, if she needs a retirement job, figure out what that looks like. She's just not going to be a discard from society onto the streets. Yeah. So I think that's, that's an important story to tell. There's one um, project I actually feature in my first episode um, of Care More, Be Better. And that is the story of Kayra Martinez and her not-for-profit called Love Without Borders for Refugees in Need. Yeah, and- I saw that. Yeah. So they are doing this really incredible work in Greece, helping refugees reenter society. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they're doing is they're working to buy an apartment right now, because Mm -hmm. over the course of the last couple of years, they've been running this project where they bring a family or two in um, and basically get them an apartment and cover the expenses for 10 months to a year. And at the end of that time, they're typically able to support themselves. So now what she's choosing to do is um, make it more affordable for them to do it and actually begin something to scale where they buy an apartment and they use the apartment to do that. And Mm -hmm. then perhaps they buy another apartment and perhaps another after that, if they're able to get the kind of resources that they need so they can give more people the opportunity to, to build a life for themselves so that they're not, you know, homeless on the streets, sleeping on a park bench, with their um, children, their families. And um, I mean, we really have to think about them that way. These are refugees in Greece who have often fled war-torn areas where genocide is happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have no idea the, the ravages they've been through, right? Mm-hmm. And then they come to Greece and they're living in camps where they have to wait for two hours for a cup of orange juice and a croissant in line. They don't have the resources to cook food for their children, let alone give them art supplies to create beautiful art. So that's yes. where Kara Martinez and Love Without Borders for Refugees in Need has come in. Yeah. Wow, that was a sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, actually, I've, <laughs> I, I, I've seen, I was reading that actually, and uh, uh, I wanted to hear the episode, but I will hear that. Uh, yeah, but, no, it's uh, really great to hear from her directly because, I mean, this is a person that I've known for years. And I've Mm. seen her, um, you know, really just, uh, she's a flight attendant by trade, right? And so she chose to use her ability to fly around the world Mm. to um, just go ahead and go to Greece every time she was on leave and bring with her suitcases full of um, everything that people might need from clothing to art supplies to kitchen gadgets or whatever and um, showing up there to bring these materials into the camp and create this arts program that enables 
the people that are living there to express themselves. And then they sell that art on Etsy. And I have one of the pieces on my wall. Do you want to see it? Sure, sure. I can grab it. <laughs> it's just right there. Oh, that's amazing. So this is, um, this is just a piece of art. Let's see. Get it on full screen. Wow. Yeah, 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 definitely. So um, I'll, I'll read the inscription on the back because this is just beautiful, right? It's a single person's story. And this is um, an art piece by Abdul Kalim, who was um, from Syria. He's a refugee from Syria. He was mm -hmm. 58 at the time he painted this. Mm -hmm. And it says, Abdullah Kalim fled Syria with his family and has requested asylum in Greece where he hopes to offer them a better life than the one thus far. His hope for his children is that they become contributing members of society in a way that benefits the community. Those who know Abdullah Kalim call him a gentle soul. He believes that honesty and loyalty are the most important values in life, and he envisions a world filled with love, away from barriers imposed by race, color, or sect. So I just think that's beautiful. And, um, you know, it's just acrylic on canvas. It's yeah. probably one of the most um, valued in my mind pieces of art that I have just because of the story behind it. Mm -hmm. um, when I pulled it up on her Etsy shop, I was getting ready to interview her and I just wanted to see what she had there. It mm -hmm. was an image that appeared and I just instantly burst into tears because mm -hmm. I thought about how much sadness was portrayed in the mm. picture mm. and what I would do if my family had been displaced like that, you know, so the $150 that I spent on this painting, knowing that that goes directly back to him and helping in his reentry in society where he's now living in Germany. Mm. I mean, that makes me feel really good. Yeah. Um, and every time I look at it, it's a reminder that I should be grateful for everything I have, even when I'm facing challenges, because mm. You know, I have a roof over my head and I may be in graduate school and never have free time and not able to go outside and hang out with my friends because of COVID. But mm. I mean, I have so much too. Now we, we have to be thankful for the, uh, as I said in the beginning, uh, we have to be thankful for the small things that we have and we don't appreciate what we have and, and compared to others and all the stories that we have mentioned today on today's uh, show, uh, people don't realize that how lucky we are. And how right. and, and we need to be we have to be grateful. Uh, we cannot not be grateful of what we not have. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I will appreciate that uh, uh, till I die, uh, you know, till yeah. till, uh, till, you know, and appreciate what we are going to make uh, happen. OK, um, and, and that's how it is. So uh, thank you so much for uh, coming today on the podcast. And by the way, your podcast is amazing. How how you have made a small network and bubble into like mm. a big, big, uh, you know, a colorful sky as as I see in the behind you uh, over there. <laughs> thank and, you. And yes. And and you will do well. I know you will because you have a great heart and, and you have a good um, uh, target and uh, goal for your podcast. Well, that's for certain. I just want to help people have more impact and inspire them to do good. That's it. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. No? I, I think you and I are doing the same thing and in, 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 in a different way, uh, but we are still doing it and we, mm-hmm. and we will make it happen to make this uh, world a, a better, caring, more, be better way. Yeah. And also, uh, and a back to basic moment too, at the same time. Right. Well, uh, connecting people. I'm so happy to be connected to you. This yeah, has been absolutely. just amazing. My yeah, pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. The first time I spoke with you, it was great. Thank you so much for that. Um, any last words before we head out and, and finish off uh, today's show? Well, I like to invite people to visit my website. Um, there, I actually do have a link to love without borders for refugees in need, a couple of other pay it forward business companies. And um, yeah, I'm updating it frequently every week. I'm publishing a new episode. So I'd really be honored to have people come check it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd yeah, definitely. To, yeah. We, and um, just feel free to send notes to me. I, I have my contact details there too. So if you know somebody whose story needs to be told, send them my way. No, oh, I will. I will make sure of that. And, uh, and hopefully I'll be part of that too. So yeah, uh, I'd love to have thank, you on. Yes, I love what yes. you're doing. This is great. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you for right. so much uh, for coming. Uh, before we head out today, guys, I have a quote of the day. And the quote of the day is going to be, uh, here it is. If you can't pay it back, pay it forward. Then don't think back. Think forward. Think always ahead. Is by Catherine Ryan Hyde. And I'm telling you, paying forward is the key to happiness. At the end of the episode, I always say, everything in life goes back to basics. And that's what we did today, guys. So you enjoy. I'll see you next week. And stay blessed. Thank you. Next week's episode on Back mm. to Basics. So arm rates are adjustable rate mortgages. These were more popular in a time frame where rates were aggressively higher. Uh, back in 2018, 2019, when your average rates were in the fours, arms were still fairly popular where you start off with a, a low interest rate for a given amount of time frame. Typically, it ranges on a one-year, three-year, or a five-year time frame as the more popular products. Mm-hmm. And your rate is fixed at a low rate for that time frame, but once that time frame passes, the rate becomes subject to variable rates of whatever the rates may be prevalent in the market at that point. So you could start with a two and a half percent rate and five years later, when that time period expires, you could very quickly shoot up to a four or five, six percent rate. So, so, the, so the safest bet is with your example, the five year, let's say arm the, with your example, which means that I need to finance my house within five years to get away yes. from that pen- penalty as, as they want to say it. Yes, you could either refinance or you're planning to sell and move to a different place. Uh, But the point is you're not looking to hold that mortgage.